Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the Sexy Lifestyle is all about. You know Dave and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are, and you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. Now, before we get into our show with Ashley Manta, let's just take a minute to talk about our favorite topic, how to be a better lover. Exactly. You know, everybody wants to be a better lover, and we all want to know the secret to having that better and greater sex life. Well, of course, there is no secret. We all know that. We just need to keep learning. And you know, David and I are all about providing credible information about everything to do with sex and sexuality. And that's the main reason that we do our podcast to bring sexuality experts onto our show to help enlighten and educate and share knowledge surrounding sexual pleasure. Absolutely. You know, over the last six, almost seven years, we've had over 400 guests on the 400 almost shows that we've done. We've had experts who are sexologists sex coaches, authors about sexuality, some host workshops and play shops. The list goes on and on and on. And they all, you know, they all really motivate us weekly to keep providing you with more and more great information. But we know, like you do, sometimes we need more than that. Sometimes we need more than a discussion on a podcast. Sometimes we need more details, more visual content. Sometimes we need specific questions answered on a personal level. Yeah, and lately, we reconnected with Mariah Freya, whom we've known since like 2018 when we interviewed her on our podcast. And it was she was just in the initial phases of her website, Beducated.com. But it's been a while, but we recently had a chance to revisit her educational website. And we were super impressed with the content and the technology. Beducated has blossomed into a very comprehensive sexuality resource center. And we want to share it with you because we really believe in sharing knowledge. We absolutely do. And like we always say, regardless of how much you think your sex life is great, there's always more to explore and ways to learn. And you know, we're here, we're always exploring and bringing great information for you so you can as well. And if you really want to be a better lover and connect more with your partner or experience more pleasure, there are skills that you can always learn. Yes, these skills which we can learn are actually taught on Beducated.com. They have tons of educational videos, like I think it's over 100, and they cover all sorts of topics, everything you want to know, whether it's about blowjobs or squirting or libido or kink or anal. They cover everything. And they have some of the best sex educators in the world producing their videos. Absolutely. And it goes on and on and on. And, you know, we've had a chance to watch some of their videos about, like Carol was saying, blowjobs and 
uh, anal and, and all the, the cool things out there. Uh, some of them are really explicit. Some of them have no nudity at all. They're super descriptive. They're easy to follow. They have a technique library that you can go back and learn um, uh, a little bit more about the techniques that we're showing. And it's really a fun thing to do for you and your partner or even, you know, you by yourself if you're just sitting there and you want to self-pleasure yourself. Um, but we've really, really found um, all the content professionally done. Uh, Mariah, kudos to you for uh, taking all the years to put this together. I know your team out there has worked really hard. And uh, hopefully um, we'll do lots more with you in the, in the months and years to come. Yeah, I think the important thing here is that if you're willing to learn and you want to learn more, you get to do it in the privacy of your own home. Maybe you're too shy to go to workshops. Maybe you're too shy to talk to a counselor about what your issues are. This is a way for you to gain knowledge, gain access to different tricks and tips and tricks of all different types of things right in the privacy of your own home. And you know what I liked the best because <laughs> I don't know, I just thought it was pretty cool was that they actually on their website have an AI sex coach. So of course I had to try it. You can ask any question like I asked, how can I reach orgasm faster? Right away, the answer started spitting out with all sorts of different information. It covered uh, different ways of reaching orgasm, whether it's with your hand, whether it's with a toy, uh, whether it's with another mouth or tongue. And it talked about how you can add more stimulation. It also suggested several videos to watch. So I asked the question, uh, within seconds, all of this information popped out and it gave me so many options of finding out information for the question that I, I asked. What's very cool is I asked the same question, except it was, how can I make you orgasm slower? <laughs> and I got a whole bunch of cool information. So together, you're going to have a fast orgasm, a slow orgasm for quickies or long drawn out the date night session. So yeah, the AI um, section is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, we love watching videos and learning different, different techniques and then trying them out. And of course, it gives us another reason to explore, to spend time together, to communicate. Could we, should we, would we? The same way we need to invest time and energy in our physical and mental health. You know, we say it all the time. We also need to work on our sexual health. I know it sounds a bit corny, but life is always better when we're having great sex. And if you're like us and open to making your sex life better, then you absolutely need to check out Beducated.com. And if you want to save 40% on the annual membership, just use coupon code SEXYLIFESTYLE. How easy is that? Sexy Lifestyle. All right. A quick reminder. Well, I don't have to remind you. You know we're Carol and David. This is the Sexy Lifestyle, and we are so excited to not have to work too hard today because Ashley Manta is going to be guest hosting our show. She's from Canisexual. We hope you enjoy it and we'll speak to you again next week. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley Manta, the Canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David on this week's episode of the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. In this eye-opening episode, we delve into the world of cannabis and its profound benefits for embodiment, presence, and attunement. Join us as we embark on a transformative journey, exploring the ancient wisdom and modern science behind this remarkable plant's ability to heighten our sensory perception, connect us with the present moment, and deepen our self-awareness like never before. Through intimate conversations with a world-renowned expert, we will unravel the secrets of how cannabis can enhance our understanding of ourselves and the world around us. But that's not all. 
As a tribute to Anal August, we will be venturing into a topic often shrouded in taboo, the surprising benefits of cannabis for prostate stimulation. Brace yourself for an open and honest discussion, shedding light on how we can elevate prostate stimulation and so many other things using cannabis. As we do on every show, let me tell you all about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because no one wants to sleep in the wet spot. And Squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need to keep one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and order yours today. Great sex starts now. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I am Ashley Manta, the Canisexual, and I am so excited to welcome today's special guest. Charlie Glickman, PhD, is a sex and relationship coach, a somatic sexuality educator, and an internationally acclaimed speaker. He's been working in this field for over 30 years, and some of his areas of focus include sex and shame, sex positivity, queer issues, masculinity and gender, communities of erotic affiliation, and many sexual and relationship practices. Charlie is author the, also the co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure, Erotic Exploration for Men and Their Partners. In February 2023, Charlie completed an accountability process. For more info about that or to learn about his coaching offerings, check him out at makesexeasy.com. Charlie, thank you so much for being here. Such a pleasure, Ashley. It's always lovely to see you. Lovely to see you too. And lovely to be talking with you about this topic because you've taught me so much about embodiment and attunement. So I'm curious, how did your sexological bodywork, somatic sexuality journey evolve over time? Well, you know, I got into this work originally because uh, I wanted to write a book on sexual shame. Um, which has been a topic I've been looking at for a long, long time. And I knew how to talk about how shame works you know, on a cultural level and on a community level and interpersonally and even uh, intrapersonally, so how people feel about shame internally. But the thing that I realized I was missing before I could write this book was understanding how shame works somatically. Um, so I took the sexological bodywork training in, in 2014, and my original intention was to take the training and then I would know what I needed to know and then I could sit down and write the book. And I realized through that training that uh, this wasn't something that I could just learn intellectually. Um, I needed to work with people and work with people's bodies. And so that's what I've been doing for the last nine years or so. Um, and uh, it just keeps unfolding in new ways. Uh, I love the hands-on work. I find that there's, you can do amazing healing work through therapy. Uh, I've certainly done plenty of it, but there's a limit to how much you can do by talking about things versus experiencing it. And I'll give you an example. Um, 
I had a client once who was getting back out into dating after uh, after being married for a number of years in a divorce, and uh, she didn't know how to like, verbally name her boundaries with somebody. She knew it was important, she just didn't know how to. We could have talked about that for weeks and weeks and weeks, but instead what we did was we sat down on the couch in my office, and this was all pre-negotiated, but I put my hand on her thigh, and then she got to practice moving my hand with her hand or using different words or uh, trying like different volume levels or emotional intensity. We did more in half an hour of practice than we could have done in five hours of talking about it. Um, and that's really what I have found about the somatic sex education is that uh, you have to be ready for that work, but when you are, you can you can move fast. It's so powerful. I'm so glad that you brought up that particular exercise because I have been lucky enough to spend time with you in conference spaces and and you know developed a really great um, collegial rep, uh, relationship with you and and I've gotten to try out that very exercise mm -hmm. where you would put your hand on my hand and I would have to say you know please take your hand away. Even all the work that I've done in therapy over the years, I remember like my words catching in my throat when I had to say out loud, like, please stop touching me, even to someone like you who I trust completely. <laughs> like the point of the exercise was to do that. Yeah, it changes everything. Well, and, and with, this, with this client that I was describing, I was able to give her feedback. Like that was really like aggressive and maybe that would work if it was some dude who didn't know you at a party. That might not work with a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. right, so let's play with that. Oh, that was too soft. And if I wasn't paying careful attention, I wouldn't have known you were trying to set a boundary there. Um, and that is so hard to do in a real life situation because the stakes are higher. Um, so you, you don't have to do this with a practitioner. I've known people who got together with a close friend and said, hey, let's practice saying no to each other um, just because it, it gives you a place to rehearse before, you know, your sexy date with somebody where, where the stakes are much higher. Yes, I think practicing in a low impact space is a wonderful place to start to build up that muscle memory. Yeah, so, it's fabulous. Bravo. Thank you. I'm curious, you know, for people who are maybe just getting a little taste of, of somatic sexology and, and sexological body work, how would you explain it to someone who doesn't really understand what it is? And like, what were some of the key sort of takeaways that you had in your trainings that you like wish people knew about it? Well, let's see. So the way I describe sexological bodywork or somatic sex education, the, the two terms are mostly interchangeable. Um, I describe it as a, a somatic education in erotic embodiment. So that's a whole bunch of buzzwords. Let me break them down. <laughs> somatic means body-based. We're not talking or we're not only talking about, we're actually experiencing something. Um, it's education because uh, the goal of each session is to learn or unpack or discover something. Um, you know, I had a client once who wanted to learn uh, what kinds of prostate stimulation he liked because he knew he liked it, but he didn't know what to ask for because nobody had ever described what they were doing. So we tried a bunch of different things and then I could tell him, oh, you like such and such. And now he could go tell his partner, oh, this is what I like. Um, once we had uncovered that, 
we didn't keep doing those kinds of sessions because we had met that goal. It's education focused. Not that there's anything wrong in my view with sex work, but if we had kept doing prostate massage, it would have shifted into sex work. And that's just not something that I offer. Um, so that's the somatic education piece. Uh, erotic embodiment, erotic, this is all about erotic energy, sexual pleasure, how we feel about it, how we think about it, how we experience it. So it all centers on that, whether or not there's anything, you know, involving genitals, there's still erotic energy potential. And then um, embodiment, how do you stay present in your body while experiencing states of high arousal or whatever level of arousal that you want? And this is a particularly challenging one because uh, a lot of people, separate from the many, many people who have experienced trauma or boundary crossing or that kind of thing during sex, uh, in addition to that, how many of us have trained ourselves to close our eyes and watch a porn movie while we're having sex? And you know, I wanna be clear, there's nothing wrong with fantasy you know, depending on your relationship to porn, great, go for it, enjoy it. But if you can't keep present in the moment, if you have to go into the fantasy um, in order to have a pleasurable experience, it's possible that that says something. You know, maybe it says something about the sex that you're having and maybe you'd rather not be doing it that way, but you're kind of going along because you think you should or it's what your partner wants. Uh, maybe this is a partner who you're not really thrilled to be with. And so you can distract yourself by fantasizing about somebody else. Uh, so the, the embodiment piece really covers a lot of territory. And uh, it's fascinating how challenging it is. And I'm including myself in that. It can be challenging for me. And I've been doing this work for a long time. So um, I really hope nobody out there heard what I just said as you know, a judgment about how they have sex. Um, I don't think that it's inherently a problem, but I think it often points to a problem and that's something worth looking at. I think self-awareness is, is always a useful skill to cultivate and, yeah. and kind of having a little bit of, of critical inquiry, not in a bad way, but just like, oh, you know, what is it about that that's hot for me? What is it about that that's important for me? That it, like, is that something I need or is it something I'm just uh, habituated to to engage in in the fantasy and the kind of detachment? So, and, and, and I think that this connects a lot to many of the relationship challenges that people face, such as being in a, a time of conflict with a partner um, and so you're not as connected emotionally with them, but you still want to have sex with them. And so maybe what you do is you amp up the stimulation, right? You have to use the, the more powerful vibrator or you have to, you know, have like the super intense porn on the big screen TV. Again, I'm, I'm not judging anybody who likes high stimulation. I think it's a lot of fun. But if you have to do it in order to have sex with this person, maybe that's telling you something about how much you actually want to be there. And then you can make a choice, right? Some people may decide, 
hey, I want to be here having sex with my partner because it makes them feel better and that's worth it to me. Yes, people have sex for all sorts of very valid reasons. You get you get to do that. I just want it to be a conscious choice. Yes. Yes, whatever you're choosing is fine as long as it's conscious and consensual, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So, you know, this this episode is also weaving in cannabis. So Mm -hmm. do you have thoughts about how cannabis might be useful in embodiment practices? Because I think that's pe- something that people struggle with really across the board is being in their bodies and being present. So how how do yeah. you think cannabis can help? I can think of a few different ways. Uh, one of them, and I'll admit that this is one that has been highly effective for me. Uh, if you experience pain in your body and you have found that cannabis helps with that, you know, whether it's a tight muscle in your lower back that's chronic and, and you know, CBD helps with that, or, you know, you have chronic tension throughout your entire body and maybe you need something a little bit different, but whatever it is, by helping you alleviate pain, uh, cannabis can go a long way to making your body feel like a more pleasurable place to be. Um, you know, I also know that a lot of people, although not universally, uh, but a lot of people find that the right strain of cannabis or the right method of using cannabis uh, can increase sensitivity, like like a skin sensitivity. Um, and so when you combine that with whatever kind of sexual play you like doing, right, that can heighten that for you. And again, right, you're, you're paying attention to, is this helping or am I using this as a crutch? Um, and I know, Ashley, I know you've talked quite a bit in various places on the internet about how different kinds of cannabis can be supportive for people who have a trauma history. So Uh, helpful, right? It can be soothing to the nervous system. Uh, it can help you come down from that fight flight response Mm -hmm. into uh, what they call the ventral vagal, which is the more heart-connected, grounded kind of place to be. I do find, though, uh, for folks who are in trauma healing work, that uh, it can sometimes take a little bit of practice to find the amount that is helpful without making you loopy. Yes. And and as you move through your trauma healing, you might need to recalibrate your cannabis because as your nervous system calms down, maybe you don't need to smoke as much to get the same effect. So, so play with that a little bit. Um, I will say with all of this, one challenge with cannabis for sex is uh, if you experience dry mouth, mm. um, it's going to probably dry out other mucous membranes, particularly in the vagina or inside the anus, right, inside the rectum. Um, and so you might find you need a little extra lubrication than you usually would, uh, if that's the case. I, I have found not universally. I, I don't actually. You might have some info about this, but what I have found is um, people who get really intense cotton mouth from cannabis seem to be more likely to need some extra lubrication. I is, is believe that, is that what you found. 
It, it, it is very much varied among people. Um, I have had some people share that for sure they get cotton mouth and they also get what we call cotton cunt. Yeah, <laughs> and... I've never heard that. That's hilarious. <laughs> and others are like, nope, doesn't matter what I smoke. I am waterworks all over the place. Um, although, and you know, I'm sure you say the same thing. Like, even if you do get really wet, still use lube. Like, yeah. It doesn't have the same viscosity or staying power as something like a silicone lube. And so it's going to dry out eventually. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of lube. I, I just keep it nearby. You never know when you're going to need it. And uh, somebody's body's lubrication really has no connection to how turned on they are. Any more than how erect somebody's penis is necessarily means anything about how turned on they are say Um, more about that charlie because i feel like that is a such a pervasive societal myth and and it needs to be destroyed (laughs) it it does well and i understand where the myth comes from because particularly when folks are younger uh i'm gonna say you know under 25 or 30 or so it is often true that like they might get wet or they might get hard very very easily but uh there's a lot of reasons why that's not necessarily the case, particularly as folks get older or moving through menopause or whatever it may be. But, you know, I've talked to people who have never had like enough of their own body's lubrication to have sex or masturbate without adding something to it. Um, and same thing with, with penises. You know, you can be very, very turned on and excited and you know that part of your body just responds a little differently mm-hmm. and uh it really has nothing to do with how turned on you are it's it's a separate mechanism basically exactly uh the phenomenon is called arousal non-concordance for those of you who are nerds like we are guess <laughs> it's true they even have a name for it now they even have an it's a real thing um i feel like Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, really kind of popularized that on a mainstream yeah. level is understanding that that physiological arousal and and mental arousal don't often correlate, especially in people with vulvas. In people with penises, research says about 50% of the time and people with vulvas like less than 10% of the time. Yeah. And even 50% of the time is far less than people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just it's just a thing. We got to get over it. And I'm really glad that you said the piece about your relationship with cannabis changing as you move through your life, but also your trauma healing journey specifically, as you start to become more present in your body, you may not need as much because that really mirrors my own experience. Like pre pandemic, I was regularly doing 30 to 50 milligrams of an edible and then hopping on a plane and watching Beauty and the Beast for two hours. And I was like, everything was groovy, smoking like multiple joints a day, doing big dabs. Pandemic came, my anxiety skyrocketed, cannabis stopped helping. And I had to just massively ratchet down my consumption. And to this day, like five milligrams is plenty. Sometimes it's even too much. Like I'm even getting to the point now that I'm like, maybe I just don't want to fuck with edibles anymore. Like maybe smoking is actually better, but even smoking just a puff or two and I'm good. I don't need to smoke a whole joint. It's amazing how much bodies can change like that. And, and one other way that we haven't touched on yet, but you can also use uh, cannabis as a topical uh, on the vulva and vagina. 
Um, yes, you can. And right. you know what? We're going to talk about that in just a second because we're going to take a quick break. Ooh, it's a good teaser. It's a good teaser. Stay right here, y'all. We need to do a quick shout out to one of our show sponsors, and we will be right back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I am Ashley Manta from Canisexual. We are talking with sex and relationship coach, Dr. Charlie Glickman. Stay here. We'll be right back. Before we move on, we want to tell you about Topless Travel and the amazing trips that we have planned for this year and next year. Absolutely. And if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply must book with Topless Travel from Hedonism 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and all the Bliss Cruise adventures. Topless Travel needs to be your number one choice. And of course, their trips are all about pushing boundaries, exploring your naughty side, and meeting and partying with tons of sexy fun people. Let's just shout out to their exclusive sexy host couples, including Party Mark, and they're there to ensure that you're having one hell of a sexy vacation. And you know, you find you will be able to find us on many of these topless travel trips. And we're going to be back at Hedo 2 for their topless hedonistic Halloween event. That's definitely a mouthful from October 21st to 28, 2023. And then we're going back to Hedo in February 2024 for their sexy silver event from the 17th to the 24th. And new for 2024, Topless Travel is putting together not one, but two bucket list trips from where we will be broadcasting. First, we're going to be exploring the ancient pyramids of Egypt, followed by a seven-day riverboat cruise down the Nile from March 2nd to 13th, 2024. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime adventure enjoying history with lots of sexy fun, open-minded friends. And on the second bucket list trip, we'll be heading to Kenya for an African safari to witness the Great Migration, glamping in the wild savanna from September 2 to 11, 2024. This event is sold out, but you can still get on a waiting list in case someone cancels. Absolutely. So if you don't want to miss any of these amazing adventures with other sexy, open-minded friends, then go and book your spot today. Do it now before it's too late. And of course, for more information about these trips or any of the topless travel events, you can always go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And as a quick reminder, if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. That's sdc.com and the promo code is 30314. This is The Sexy Lifestyle and I'm Ashley Manta from Canisexual sitting in for Carol and David today. Now let's get back to our show with relationship coach and sex expert, Dr. Charlie Glickman. So Charlie, before the break, we teased a little bit about cannabis and topicals i am i've become a big fan of these uh and there's some great products out on the market i won't make a specific recommendation just because what's available here in washington is not necessarily available elsewhere but i know ashley you probably have some ideas for that i do love the fact though that we can now find uh cannabis lubricants that are condom safe Mm which is great although for those of you who don't use condoms or don't like using latex condoms because there are some polyurethane brands out there that are oil safe uh you can also make your own uh with a little coconut oil and you get some distillate you melt the coconut oil you mix it in real well um 
Some people like to put it in a little candy mold to make a little suppository. Other people just leave it in a little dish and you know, apply it manually, whatever feels good. Um, but what's really interesting to me about this is that uh, if you apply a cannabis uh, topical, a lubricant particularly, to the vulva or vagina, it stays local. And people report that uh, it, it takes a little longer. Some people say that it takes an hour to an hour and a half maybe to really have an effect, but that they feel a sense of warmth and relaxation in their pelvis. It can increase uh, blood flow and lubrication for a lot of people. Pretty fabulous stuff. What I find fascinating is that if you use the same product anally, you're going to get high. <laughs> in, in, at least a this, little bit high yeah i mean well and in the same way that if you eat it right because then it's going more in your bloodstream i i don't know that this is true but i have a feeling and ashley maybe you know something about this um i have a feeling that the reason why the thc stays local to the vagina might be related to how uh folks who use hormonal iud's for example the dosage is much lower because the medication stays more locally in the vagina. It doesn't go into the bloodstream. Do you know if this is the that reasoning? That is exactly here? the awesome. reason. Yeah, awesome. nailed That's it. What I thought. Okay. Yeah, and I, the I, same reason it doesn't work on penises because we penises don't have the exposed mucosa, so it's not absorbing the same way. Yeah. I wonder what happens if you apply it and do urethral sounding. I'll have to find somebody to try that for me. Sorry if that scared anybody there, but <laughs> just for anybody who's suddenly feeling squicked by that, the lining of the urethra inside the penis is the same kind of tissue as the inner labia. So when people insert sterile toys inside the penis, it's basically like sliding a finger up and down somebody's inner pussy lips. So that is why people enjoy it. And it can be quite meditative for both the giver and the receiver, I have heard. Um, yeah. Of all the sex acts in the world, that is the one that I have not tried yet um, it, in terms of sounding a, a penis urethra. Um, yeah. My urethra is such a fucking like persnickety little asshole. I wouldn't even dare to offend yeah. her in such a way. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same thing on, on folks with vulvas. One thing, and I do want to shift because we have other stuff to talk about. But if you are interested in doing urethral play, take a workshop or watch a video from someone who knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not rocket science, but there are some little tips that will go a long way towards making it both more pleasurable and more safe. Totally. And yeah. so to shift gears back to cannabis and anal specifically, yeah. and right around like prostates, what has your experience been? What have you seen? Why is it helpful? I, well, you know, so the the pelvic floor and the anus in particular are very intimately linked to our fight flight response, our stress response. Uh, you know, when a dog or a cat gets scared and they tuck their tail under, right? Or what do we call somebody who's stressed out all the time? We might call them a tight ass. Yes. Somebody who really irritates us is a pain in the ass because I can feel my pelvic floor tightening up around them. We also call them a pain in the neck because I'm getting a tension headache from listening to this annoying person talk. Mm -hmm. right? They're a pain in the neck. Um, but so uh, this is why 
even for people who are super experienced with anal play, you might have a day that it's not working. You know, I, I've been experimenting, exploring, putting things up my butt since I was 14. I'm not going to tell you how many years it's been, but it's been a long time now. <laughs> uh, I still have days where my body says, no, not going to happen. Um, for that kind of situation, if cannabis is something that helps settle your nervous system, uh, fabulous. Take, you know, use an edible an hour or two before and see if that helps your pelvic floor relax. Mm -hmm. um, I've also, although if you apply a cannabis lubricant inside the anus, you, you can get high from it. But I have also found that using a topical externally to relax all of those muscles of the pelvic floor um, can go a long way. You know, the pelvic floor in humans, I think it's got something like 12 or 16 muscles. I forget exactly how many, but um, they're not very well designed for walking upright. But if you, if you look at a horse or a cow or a dog, right, their pelvic floor is vertical. So those little muscles aren't weight bearing we're standing upright and this is why we have so many lower back or one of the reasons why we have so many lower back problems is that um, those little muscles aren't well suited to be weight bearing so like a, a nice cbd salve on the outside can go a really long way um i don't know if i have found anything specific about the prostate and cannabis other than the fact that if it makes your anal play more enjoyable then it's going to make your prostate play more fun too. Have, have you discovered anything with that, Ashley? I have. In oh, fact. I knew. I should have asked you this before we got on. Tell no, me. no, it's tell okay. Me, tell me. Now they get the benefits. So I have found that it not only helps make the prostate more sensitive, especially when you're using a suppository, right? Like you're putting cannabis right up on it, giving it that like 15, 20 minutes to absorb and the prostate does seem to be more receptive, especially to more subtle sensations. You don't have to work as hard with prostates when I have seen them uh, be enjoy the benefits of a cannabis suppository. And, and that's specifically from like being applied more directly rather than smoked or eaten. Or Correct. And specifically with, with suppositories. And then if you happen to have a really intense, let's say, pegging session or fisting session or or whatever it is that you're doing that your your ass got worked hard, um, I found suppositories to be great for the recovery. Oh, fascinating! I had never thought of that. Fascinating. That makes <laughs> that makes sense though, because uh, you know, especially if you're not just stretching the pelvic floor open and that can create you new know, sensations, but maybe you're in a position that, uh, you know, you're not used to holding for a while, mm -hmm. right? I could see it really helping for that too. Wow. Fascinating. All right. I like this plan. Well, and, and one other thing actually about this is that, um, when people experience anal pain during sex, sometimes that's because of the friction of the in and out motion. Uh, and lubricant is going to help with that. But sometimes it's because those very tight muscles of the pelvic floor haven't really relaxed open. Mm -hmm. um, and that sensation is going to be like more 
under the surface of the skin rather than on the surface of the skin. Mm -hmm. um, so just like if you overdid it at the gym or maybe you went a little too far in yoga class and now like your hamstrings are tight and you put a CBD balm on that, you, you can also apply a CBD balm as a healing or you know, recovery for those muscles. Exactly. And this is going to be my quick little pro tip for anyone who's listening. CBD is fine, but it is uh, what we call a, a promiscuous cannabinoid. It has weak action at superficial receptors. So on its own, CBD isolate specifically, which is typically what you find in um malls and when you you see the cbd for sale at gas stations in prohibition states that is not going to do diddly squat for you in terms of the things that we're talking about you need thc to be with the cbd to actually unlock its benefits like a lot of the benefits of cbd on its own are placebo so just know that you need at least a little bit of thc to make the cbd work so if you're you know, getting these isolates and it's like 99% pure CBD, like just throw it in the garbage. It's not going to do any good for you. Yeah. As a topical. As a topical. Well, even, even internally, like the, the therapeutic dosage for CBD when taken internally is somewhere between 10 to 20 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> so that little 10 milligram gummy is not doing anything for you. <laughs> Wow. See, and that's really interesting to me because living in Washington state where all of this is legal, like it's never come up because I can just ask for a CBD salve and it has the THC in it already. So I never knew that. Fascinating. The more you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I will say the one last thing I want to say about the, the, cannabis and anal is um if especially if you're smoking or i mean edibles too but particularly smoking because it can hit people really hard and make folks kind of loopy mm -hmm. um as a giver of anal play it can sometimes make you a little sloppy mm -hmm. right like and you're not really paying attention to what your partner's body is telling you or you know, maybe you get excited and you start moving a little too fast. And same thing on the receiving side. You know, I've talked with folks who smoked a little too much and they kind of checked out, not as a trauma response, but just because they were really high. And they didn't notice as quickly as they might have, hey, like the lube has dried out. Can we add a little more? Right, that kind of thing. So I would really caution folks, especially if you're newer to anal play, um, start off with a much smaller dose of cannabis and figure out, you know, over a few sessions, there's no rush here, but like you want to find the dosage that brings you the effect that you want, but that isn't going to make you so loopy that you're not really present with your partner anymore. Yes. Cannabis and sex is really a marathon, not a sprint. And especially as it relates to anal play and anal play broadly, like you can't go from zero to dick for most people unless they are really seasoned anal experts. But for the newbies, you know, 
I have clients come to me all the time and I'm sure you do as well. Like, how do I get my partner to let me do anal? How do I get, you know, I've always wanted to do anal with my partner. And it's like, okay, well, I hear you saying that. I'm curious what your motivations are, because if it's just the taboo of sticking an or uh, a, a, you know, appendage of yours into a, you know, kinky orifice, maybe that's not the most altruistic motivation for exploring anal. Well, and I think that this, the way that people often say it, that, that you sort of you know, quoted there, Ashley, how do I get my partner to, how do I talk my partner into, as soon as you're doing that, uh, you're coming with an agenda that they are going to feel, mm-hmm. even if they don't know that they're feeling it. Um, I talk to people all the time, you know, coaching clients who tell me like, oh yeah, I know that there's like a hidden agenda here from a part. Um, and feel that. So the most important thing here is do not try to talk anybody into doing anything, but particularly anal. You can talk about how much you would like to, you can ask them to explore like, what are your reasons for wanting to do it? And what are your reasons for not wanting to do it? You could explore it by adding some non-penetrative external anal stimulation, like doggy style, right? Rub their, rub their anus with your thumb while you're having sex. Like that's, that's still anal stimulation. Um, but as soon as you try to do something that your partner is not a 100% yes to, you're risking their body tightening up and then anal sex is painful and then they never want to do it ever again. Yes. So um, the, the trick with the anus is you have to seduce the anus. And if you're not willing to do that, then don't try to have anal sex with this person. Yes. Oh, God. Say it louder for the people right. in the back. <laughs> you got to seduce the butthole every time. Even if you are a very experienced anal player, there still needs to be some seduction there. Even if that seduction is telling your partner, all right, bend over. I'm going to do it now. There's still a, there's still a, a thing there. There's still um, a thing. And I guess the last thing I want to say about this is accidental anal does sometimes happen, especially in doggy style, right? Rear entry, it can happen. Um, but if you do it on purpose and try to pretend it's an accident, you deserve it when your partner kicks you off the bed. Just mm-hmm. saying, just saying, don't ever stick anything in anybody's ass that they have not said yes to. Seriously, that is such an important piece. I cannot tell you how many people have come to me in coaching sessions and said, yeah, my partner, like just put a finger in my ass or just put trying to put their dick in my ass. And I really didn't like it. And I'm like, yeah, that's understandable. Like they just took your bodily autonomy away from you. Like that's not okay. That's not a respectful way to treat someone that you care about or just another person at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess what that brings up for me is that, uh, if you are interested in exploring anal play and cannabis together, talk about it sober, mm-hmm. right? Because it's really easy during sex or when you're stoned and then you put the two together to decide in the moment, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll just do that instead. Even if it doesn't end up causing pain, uh, it can leave you the next day with like buyer's remorse. 
you know, and uh, the drama from that will almost always outweigh the sexy times. So like talk about it sober first and then see if you still want to do it. You can always, I, I always tell people you can make your boundaries smaller by taking things off of the to-do list. Uh, but once you get going, don't make the boundaries bigger. Save that for next time. Because um, I've talked to people who nearly got divorced because they decided to do something when they were on drugs. And then afterwards, they both felt really shitty. Yeah. Oh, that happens so much. And I, oh, I have more thoughts. And we have to take another break. But, oh, we got 15 minutes left in that last segment. And it's going to be hot, y'all. <laughs> Let's just remind everyone that this is the sexy lifestyle. I'm Ashley Manta from Canisexual sitting in for Carol and David today. And we are having an amazing discussion with sex and relationship coach, Dr. Charlie Glickman. But now let us tell you a little bit about who we are and what we do. I am a an award-winning sex and relationship coach, published author, and just sex nerd broadly. And you can find my work online at canisexual.com on my website, as well as on Instagram at canisexual. So be sure to check me out. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I'm Ashley Manta. Now let's get back to our show with sex and relationship coach, Dr. Charlie Glickman. Charlie, we got into some perfect, awesome territory right before the break. And I want to revisit that um, because the thing that popped up in my mind was the importance of anal aftercare, not just the physiological aftercare, but the emotional hangover that can come from exploring anal with your partner. Like I used to have really intense, like next day, like sub drop basically after I would have anal. Can you shed some light on, on how that works and, and both for the giver and the receiver? Sure. 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 I think there's a few different ways. Um, I want to talk about the emotional and then the physical, you know, so on an emotional level, because for many people, uh, anal play can be this act of like deep, exquisite surrender mm -hmm. and everything just kind of relaxes physically, energetically, emotionally. Uh, that's one route that people might take. Um, and something that I have found, one of my teachers calls it a shame over. It's when you've had this big emotional opening, maybe in therapy, maybe just a conversation with a friend. And then you wake up the next morning and everything just feels a little bit contracted. To me, it feels like the emotional equivalent of doing a slightly too heavy workout at the gym. And then I wake up the next day and everything just feels a little cranky. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, a, it's like a hangover, but emotionally. And the reason why shame over is the term is because you've had this big expansion and then there's this sort of contraction and it feels very similar to shame where everything is tight and compressed in. Um, and so that can happen after a big opening experience. And I don't just mean opening in the sense of like, oh, yeah, you took three fingers in your butt or this really big dildo or whatever it is. But emotionally, it's this big opening place. And then it can kind of contract down. Um, for the giver in that kind of situation, I've seen that happen too, because you know, the giver 
might also be having a big emotional experience, especially if it's a moment of like, um, wow, we've never done this before, or we've never done this in this way before, or this is a fantasy I've always wanted to do, and now I'm doing it. So uh, in the same way that in the kink world, people will talk about top drop to parallel sub drop, the same thing can happen with anal. Um, and that's particularly true if, uh, you know, if, if there's been any emotional challenges in cultivating anal pleasure. You know, particularly people who have experienced pelvic pain or trauma or sexual trauma, um, you know, that act of relaxing everything open might also lead to a shame over. So, um, so that's, that's one way. If that does happen, uh, best thing you can do is be gentle with yourself, take it easy, drink lots of water, the water will flush your system uh, in sexological body work, we say water in, water on, water out. So water in, drink a lot of liquids. Water on, take a shower, go swimming, take a bath, stand in the rain if you're here in Seattle, if you <laughs> like that. Um, and then water out. So cry, sweat, pee, orgasm. Because that flushes your system. So easy way to handle a, a shame over. It works for hangovers too, by the way. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> and then, and then on the physical level, you know, we were talking before the break about how, uh, you know, maybe you're in a position that you don't usually spend twenty minutes in. Um, you know, if you go to yoga class regularly and you can do happy baby pose, right? That gives you an advantage that people who are less flexible don't have. Uh, I have one friend who used to be a yoga teacher. She calls that pose "Daddy's Home." So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do with that as you will, people. Um, but also, you know, it's it's interesting. I have found for myself, and you'd have to play with this, but I have found that, um, like, uh, uh, like a CBD-based saddle. We talked about why it doesn't want to be one hundred percent CBD, but you know, a CBD-based salve applied sort of externally, if there's maybe been a little too much friction. Um, both because you, whatever the salve is based on your shea butter or cocoa butter is going to be soothing to, to that irritated skin. But the, the cannabis really seems very effective for that for me. Um, I'm curious, Ashley, if you have more data points than that or if it, yeah. Of course, you're nodding your head. Of course. Why, why am I asking if you do? I know you do. <laughs> no, it, it really does make a huge difference. The... Yeah. Putting it on externally, I, you know, not anally specifically, but I have been on a masturbation tear this last couple of weeks. I don't like, like tear in this context. <laughs> frenzy. Let's call it a frenzy, a masturbatory frenzy. That works better. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Any, thanks for asking for what you need. <laughs> um, so... I've been on this app called Pure and you can sext with strangers. And what I am starting to refer to it as is like do-it-yourself erotica that's like co-created on demand. So it's whatever you're in the mood for, whatever dirty, depraved, just filthy thoughts that you have, this app will provide somebody who has just those exact same ones 
And so I've been spending an awful lot of time, so much time, in fact, that I've stopped using my vibrator, which has been my my masturbation companion for so long, my faithful companion. I'm now just using my hands because I can go for longer and I can have more orgasms if I don't like blow myself out with a vibrator. Mm Vibrators are so good. I'm never like knocking vibrators, but it is like if you want to kind of quick in, quick out situation, vibrators are usually the way to go. If you want to really edge yourself for a while, fingers, fingers all the way. But even with fingers, I've been doing it so much that I'm getting sore from just rubbing my clit. And so I've been intermittently like scooping up some Papa and Barkley salve and just like rubbing it on my clit waiting like 10 minutes and then continuing my my explorations and it kind of revamps my clit's stamina <laughs> and it it does the same thing with anal play like i'll rub it just right around my anal opening and it's like it's it's like your ass takes a deep breath and exhales just slowly it's it's a deep exhale when you use those things and smoking sure but like you said, less is more for that. Edibles for sure, le- way less is more. But topicals are where it's at for, for just taking care of your genitals. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and it's a real interesting thing how the body responds to it differently. And, and honestly, you know, if you've had a really full night the night before, um, you know, unless you like to wake and bake, like it's nice to have an option that's not going to make you too loopy to go to brunch. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, just saying. Just saying. So, you know, a lot of people I suspect that are listening to this podcast are in a relationship and maybe they don't have access to a sexological body worker or or a somatic sex educator for for hands-on sessions. Um, what are some things that couples can do with one another to practice attunement and embodiment? I, I, before I even get there, what is attunement and why is it important for couples to practice? <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's a lot of ways people would describe attunement. The way that I often will is that um, attunement is the ability for two people. And yes, you can have more people, but you know, we're going to look at two people. Mm-hmm. Um tuning into there's the attune part tuning into each other and both mirroring and leading and following Mm -hmm. so the way that i compare it is uh partner dancing right whether that's ballroom dance or country dancing or whatever but 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 partner dance right when two people are doing you know the tango or the cha-cha or whatever um they have to be able to feel what each other is doing and respond to each other while also having a lead and a follow. So there's one person who's taking the lead and one person who's following, but if the lead can't attune to the follow, they're not a very good lead. Yes. Right, so so that's attunement. Um, and I will say that attunement can be tricky with cannabis, uh, particularly if you smoke or if you're a relative newcomer to it, because if you're really, really high, it's hard to be present with the other person. Mm-hmm. So um, just to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there are lots of games that you can do to learn attunement. Uh, actually, there's a book that I highly recommend called The Art of Giving and Receiving by one of my teachers, Betty Martin. Um, 
you can just go through the exercises in that book together. I actually do many of those exercises with my clients and I've done them in workshops. And what's really interesting is you'll get different data doing it with a partner, a friend, a stranger in a workshop. You'll get it depending on the, the your perception of the other person, age, gender, race, sexual orientation, height differences, all of that. You'll get different information. So it's really fascinating. Um, but one of the version or one version of one of the exercises in that book that I really like to play, um, well, Betty calls it bossy massage. Uh, and the way that bossy massage works is this is a practice in telling somebody how you want to be touched. Mm -hmm. So let's imagine that, uh, you know, Ashley, you and I are doing this and I'm, I'm massaging you. So the bossy part is, I only touch you in the way that you tell me to. So maybe you'll say, play with my hair. And then I start playing with your hair. If I do it in the way that you want me to, you enjoy it for 15 seconds, 20 seconds. You don't have to be a, a, a tight ass about it. Um, but then the giver stops and waits for the receiver to come up with something new. You now rub my forehead. If I'm touching, if I'm playing with your hair that's different than what you wanted, then your job is to give me a course correction. Oh, I meant like stroke my head. Or, oh, I meant like gently hold it in your hands and give a little tug. Mm -hmm. right? So you have to practice being specific. And then once I get that one right, 15 seconds-ish, and then I stop, and then I wait for the next one. And maybe the next one is, you know, I don't know, scratch my arm, you know, pet my tummy, mm. right? Uh, run your fingers up and down my spine. Mm -hmm. The value of the bossy massage, there's two values to it. One is for the person receiving, they're practicing saying what they want, which is helping the giver learn to attune. Uh, the giver is practicing hearing feedback and not taking it personally. And this is particularly relevant for those of us socialized as boys and men, because we in particular, although many people of other genders as well, get caught up in the idea of like, well, if you're telling me to do something different, that means you think I'm not a good lover. And now I'm going to get all butthurt about that. Uh, so it's really good practice to hear someone tell you, oh, do that a little softer, slow that down. Could you squeeze a little tighter? Mm -hmm. uh, because we can't read our partner's minds. And, cannot. <laughs> and, and honestly, your sex life will improve dramatically when you can approach it from a place of, as you said a few minutes ago, Ashley, thanks for telling me what you want, rather than, oh, now you're telling me I'm not a good lover and I'm going to have a shame spiral about that. It's so I'm a big fan of the bossy massage. I think it's a great place to start out. Uh, and by the way, for those of you with kids, you can do this with kids too, to teach them about boundaries and touch and consent, right? So your kid says, mom, scratch my back. And then after a minute, you practice with your kids saying, okay, I'm done now. Mm. Okay, scratch my back again. Okay, I'm done now, right? This is this yes. is how we're going to change things for the next generations after us. So, you know, play with that.
these, I could these not agree more. <laughs> these exercises work in a sexual context, but they also work just around all kinds of touch. Yes. Yeah. Betty Martin's work is so powerful. I definitely second Charlie's recommendation, like really go out and, and get a copy of the art of giving and receiving the, yeah. the three minute game will change. And, and the, the wheel of consent completely altered how I look at consent dynamics. Changes everything. Um, and for people who like to learn through workshops, uh, there's a lot more practitioners who have been taking these teachings and then adapting them for themselves. Uh, look for workshops called Wheel of Consent. Um, the Wheel of Consent is Betty's like name for it. So those are the people who have been like trained by her to teach this stuff. Um, but you could also look for people, you know, I, I have taught where I'm not certified to do it. So I'll say, you know, these exercises are based on the wheel of consent. Mm -hmm. So I'm not misrepresenting sure. uh, what I offer. But so those would be the two things to look for with this. Uh, it really will change your life. I've taken her workshop three times. It's been profound every time. Definitely something that's worth doing. And speaking of amazing books, and I'm going to give you more time to promote your book, but I want to just share my own experience with your amazing book, The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure. I have a long distance partner. Y'all have heard me talk about Canadian Daddy, and I introduced him to his prostate using many of the techniques that I've learned from you. And he loved it so much that he started going out and buying butt plugs and vibrators and and dildos and started really enjoying prostate stimulation. But he was really struggling to have a prostate orgasm hands-free. And although I tried to explain to him that that's not necessary, he was very adamant that that was an experience he wanted to have. And I said, all right, well, you need to read Charlie's book. And he went out and he bought your book. He read it in one day, just devoured it. He's hungry, hungry hippo, just like his ass. <laughs> and after reading your book, the, specifically the advice that you gave around bearing down, yeah, he was able to have a hands-free prostate orgasm and was just rejoicing. I could hear him celebrating all the way from Toronto. <laughs> Yay. Oh, that makes me really happy. Good. That makes me so happy to hear. Yeah, you know, it's funny because we usually people think of anal play as something that the giver does to the receiver. Um, and even in like the language that used to be talked about among sex researchers about like gay men, they would talk about active and passive. I don't know about you, but if my partner's being totally passive, I feel like there's something going on there that we need to look at. Yes. Um, but that, that bearing down for the people who are curious about that, it's the same motion that you do when you go to the bathroom, but like 20%. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because what that does is relaxes and opens up the pelvic floor, and that's going to make everything much easier. And for those of us with prostates, it sort of pushes the prostate down closer to the anal opening, mm -hmm. which makes it easier for toys or fingers or dildos or cocks to reach. So um, bear down. Bear down, which Just seems a like, a, like a Just perfect a <laughs> place to end. <laughs> I love it. As we conclude this episode, we have witnessed the captivating potential of cannabis to elevate our senses, enhance our presence, and deepen our self-awareness. 
its remarkable benefits for embodiment and mindful attunement remind us of the profound connection between mind and body. Remember that exploration is a personal choice and understanding ourselves is a continual quest. Charlie, thank you so much for sharing all of this incredible information. Can you please tell all of these lovely folks how they can find your work online, on social media, and your website? Sure, I'd love to. Well, so um, I'm just starting to get back out into doing podcast interviews like these. Life and COVID and my accountability process all sort of shifted that. But you can Google me and find me all over the place because I've done lots of media stuff on a lot of different topics. Um, I also offer coaching uh, both here in Seattle and online. Uh, Zoom has transformed how that works. And it works, even the somatic work can happen really effectively over Zoom. Uh, And so you can find me at uh, makesexeasy.com. Or, you know, I'm Charlie Glickman on all the socials, but I've sort of stepped away from social media. So come to my website instead. Fantastic. Wow. The information that you gave is so valuable. If you missed any of this information, just go to the sexylifestyle.com where every guest has their own guest page with all of their info. You can even contact them there if you have questions about their work. God, it's the end of another great show with another amazing guest, Dr. Charlie Glickman. Thank you so much for being here today. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Thank you. And a special thanks to you for listening week in and week out. As always, you can find me at Canisexual on Instagram, at Intimacy Muse on TikTok, and on my website. Tune in again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and pleasure, and all of the fun ways to spice up your sex life. That's it for our show today. On behalf of Carol and David, I'm Ashley Manta, sending you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe, and of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.